Thank you, Chris. It's so great, isn't it, to, to hear the Word of God read like that, and just as a reminder that, you know, the Word of God was spoken then, but yet is so true right now, you know, speaks to the church right now. Let, let us just pray for a moment. Lord, we thank you that you are a God that speaks through your Word and by your Spirit. And pray, Lord, that you would be with us right now. You would open up our hearts, our minds to hear you. Lord, that we might be changed and strengthened and renewed by your Spirit, oh God. Amen. Amen. Great. Well, good morning. It's great, as always, to see you. And uh, today we're going to be looking at generosity. What does it mean to be a generous church? Um, We're in a new season of church. You know, and more than ever, we need to learn and grow in what we understand of what it means to be generous. You know, it's something that we excel at in so many areas, and uh, I know in so many other areas, I want to grow, I want to be stretched. So, you know, this is a message to myself as much as, as to us as a church. You know, we want to see generosity come to spring up in us personally, but also as a church and through the church. And I'm really hoping that the message that we we go through today will help us just to reflect on that. But when we think about generosity, we don't start with ourselves. We don't start thinking about, well, how can I just be more generous? The place that we start when we think about generosity is the cross. We have to start with the cross. And I I just want you to take a moment to think about the cross. What does the cross speak to you this morning? Just in your own hearts and minds, just think about what does the cross communicate about who God is this morning. You might just want to look at the symbol, you might want to look at the cross there, and <clears throat> just, just think about that. Because this is where generosity starts. Generosity truly starts at the cross, at what Jesus has done for each one of us. You know, at, at the cross, what we encounter is God's kindness, his grace, his forgiveness, his freedom, and his life, and his undeserved love. His undeserved love. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For if, whilst we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death, uh, death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by the grace of God you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, It is the gift of God, the free gift of God. You know, a a generous church, when we think about what does it mean to be a generous church, a generous church is a church that first knows that they are loved generously by God. You are loved generously by God. And it's a church that takes that understanding and chooses to sacrificially love others because he sacrificially loved us. And so when we think about where do we start with generosity, we start at the cross. We start to think about Jesus and what he's done. But undeserved love, how are you, how are you undeservingly loving people? You know, when people wrong you, when people are unkind to you, when people are unkind to others and you hear about that, do you love? Will you be generous and show love to that person. That could be anywhere, couldn't it? It could be in your workplace, it could be in your family, it could be amongst your friends. 
But to be generous in your love at that moment takes challenge, doesn't it? At that moment, to step into somebody, else, somebody else's life and to show unconditional love is challenging. But what does the cross remind us of? Unconditional love. That whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, to be generous with all that we have is to show love to one another in the church through selfless acts of love. Being generous is not something that we do necessarily. You know, it's not something that we take on and go, well, I, I, I'm just doing generous things. Generosity is part of who you are and something that you're becoming as you follow Jesus. As a church, we are becoming more generous as we choose to say, Jesus, I follow you with all that I am. So at this time of change in the church, as we continue to make God's love known amongst ourselves, but also to the world through mission, what can we learn from God's word today? So we're going to look at this thing called being generous. And so a question for you, do you know anybody who is generous? Picture somebody in your mind who is generous. Deeply generous. Just the very core of who they are is generous. What do they do with their time, their energy, and their resources? Just have a little think about that. Do they bless others? Do you like being around them? I think it's really interesting that generous people are really good to be around. They're just nice people, aren't they? They're good people. They're people that model the goodness of God. I like being around generous people. And I don't know about you, but it makes me want to be more generous in everything that I am. When I see the generosity of people, it encourages me to be more generous. You know, these people are not about themselves. These people are people who have given themselves wholly to being a disciple of Jesus. You know, they, they want to be like Jesus in all that they are and all that they do because they are seeing what they do as a response to what God has already done in their lives. You know, Ephesians 5, 5 says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You know, they get that to, to love generously, to be generous towards others, is a sacrifice. Have you felt that? When you've been generous to somebody, has it felt like a sacrifice sometimes? Sometimes you have to give up something, don't you, to be generous towards someone else. You know, and, and generosity is it's an act of service. It's an act of service to others, but also an act of service to God. This is worship. Being an act of service is just worship. Romans 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You know, we recognize that as people who follow Jesus, we no longer live for ourselves. Have you thought about that? As followers of Jesus, we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him who has bought us at a price. You know, we give our lives for him, for his service. So being generous, therefore, is the expression of love to somebody else, and it, but it imitates the nature of Jesus. It imitates already who he is and what we're becoming. And as a church, we get to do that together. And so when we think about what does it mean to be like Jesus, well, let's look at Philippians 2. Philippians 2 says, So, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from his love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection or sympathy, 
Complete my joy in being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself but taking the form, by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. You know, Paul's writing to the church at this moment, and he says to them, I want you to take the attitude that you see of Jesus himself. When we think about the cross, we think about who Jesus was and continues to be by the Spirit as he meets with us by his Spirit. He says, in humility, count other people around you more important than yourself. Count other people around you more important than yourself. I don't know about you, but that is sometimes a challenge, isn't it? But this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It says not only to look to your own interest, but to the interests of others. To become someone who seeks to serve others. But this, this is truly the heart of what it means to be generous. You know, when a church becomes generous, you just see it come alive. You see it serve one another and serve those outside of the church. This truly is what it means to be the body of Christ. So let's look at ways that we can become more generous as a body. What does it mean for us to be more generous? In verse 6 of our passage today, we say it says this. <clears throat> Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I'm reading it like Chris because all that was very effective. That's so true, isn't it? You know, when you are generous, generous, you give and you bless others, there's something that happens in you, something that stirs in you. You become more like Jesus. And this is what God is wanting, that we might be a church that is constantly generous. So how are we doing on that front? How am I doing on that? You know, are we generously just throwing out goodness into people's lives and being generous wherever we can be? You know, God is wanting to do so much in us as a church in you personally, but also in us collectively, that we might be a blessing to one another and towards others. But to do that, we need to move into generosity. I don't know if you know, I know it's been shared in, in this church before, but when farmers used to, you know when you see the fields, when you look out in the fields around banks and all those areas, and you see those nice lines of seeds that have been sown, and they've got a machine, haven't they, that just puts the seeds in. Traditional farming was not like that. Traditional farming was like, get seed, throw it out. Get seed, throw it out. And it would just be scattered everywhere. Because the farmers knew that where it landed, in some places it would grow, and in some places it may not. But their responsibility was not to work out which seed was going to grow. Their responsibility was just to scatter seed. You know, and sometimes it can feel like that, can't it? You know, when you're being generous, you don't know if it's having an effect on somebody else's life. Sometimes you know directly it is, but sometimes you don't. And that, that seed may not grow in that person's life for many, many years. I and mean, you may never see the fruit of that. But our responsibility isn't the fruit, it's the sowing. It's to give to God what deserves to him. And so let us be farmers. Let us be traditional farmers in how we love, how we are generous towards 
others. And Paul is asking his church to have this in mind. This was something that they would have been very conscious of as people living at that time. But let's just keep sowing. When you listen to this passage, there is a lot in the New Testament about giving money. But there is a lot in the Bible and the New Testament about giving yourself. Just giving your whole self. And so yes, this passage probably leans more into money. But I don't want you just to hear that. Because generosity is not just about money. And even if it was, what's interesting in the New Testament is you've got the widow's might, where she gave, hardly, gave her everything, but it was nothing in the eyes of the world. And then Paul commands the rich, sorry, the rich to be generous. We have it at both ends of the scale. So regardless of what we have, we need to be generous. We need to be generous with what we have. So at this time as a church, at this particular time as a church, what I love is that we are being reminded that we're all in this together. You know, we did a whole series on what it means to be church, didn't we? A few months ago now. And the thing that stood out for me is that church is not this. It's not the building. It's the people. It's us collectively serving and loving and worshipping together and growing with one another. That's what makes the church. And I think more than ever, we need to remind ourselves of that. Of who we are today, the church, is a collection of believers wanting to follow Jesus Christ with all that they are and give themselves to each other and to the world. That's generous. That's what it means to be generous. I want to look at three areas for you to take away today about where I think we could grow in generosity, where I can grow generosity, but as a church. The first area I'd like to look at is being generous in how we speak. You know, when you speak, you have a lot of power with what you can bring about. And I don't mean in a super spiritual sense that some people might talk about, but just that your words bring life to others. Your words can bring encouragement and strength to others. Your words can release others into different areas that they may not have realized about themselves. And I want to really encourage us as the church at this time to speak well. Speak well of one another, to speak well of the church, to speak well of who Jesus is. Because that is the gift that we get to bring to one another here in this congregation. Our words can bring life. You know, and I, I want to be a man that thinks about the words that he uses all the time. Are my words encouraging? Not that I get that right all the time. Not that we will get that right all the time. But to be a people that are given to, to using our words to bring hope and life to people around us and encouragement. I love 1 Thessalonians 5.11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Just in fact, as you are doing. And I love that. You know, he says, you're already doing it, but just do it. Just keep doing it. Be people who encourage one another. Be people who are thinking about encouraging each other all the time by going, do you know what? You know, Angie, stepping up to leading a service. How brilliant is that? You know, just let's be doing that. Let's be saying that about one another as we step up to serve this church and serve one another. Because what we're doing is bringing strength to the church when we encourage one another. You know, this, this truly is a time where we get to build one another up through how we speak, but also how we thank people, how we acknowledge the sacrifice that people are pouring into making church. The second area is being generous in how we serve. 
A church is at its strongest when each member in the body of Christ recognizes they have a role to play. A church is at its strongest when everybody recognizes that they have a part to play. And that might be a really active part, but it might just be to to give somebody a phone call, to think about somebody else, to be praying for someone, whatever that might be, but playing your part, that this is where church is at its strongest. To give ourselves to different areas of the church in support of it. You know, that's family, isn't it? A family works well. You know, think about your family. A family works well when everyone plays their part. There are frustrations in a household when people don't play their part. You know, when children don't tidy their room, there are frustrations in a household. Families work well when everyone plays their part. That's the heart of a good family, isn't it? The second area is being generous in how we give. How can we give? Well, we can give, can't we, with our time, our energy, and our resources. And I'm specifically saying resources rather than just money. Because our resources is more than money. It's our home. It might be your car. It might be, it's just things you have in your life that you can share with others. But let's, think, let's break that down a little bit. Yeah, your time. Yeah, how generous are we with our time at the moment? We have a lot of time on our hands, don't we? Even if you work full time, you still have a lot of time. You, you can use that time whilst you're at work, but also outside of your work. But that might be about having a coffee with somebody, sitting down, offering to have someone around. Like I said, making a phone call, just giving your time to someone else, offering to pray with someone, giving your time in that way. There's so many ways we can give our time. Your energy. Have you ever thought sometimes, oh, I'd like to do that, but I can't be bothered. I'd like to do that, but I can't be bothered. Giving takes effort. You know, I, th- I think we're generous people. I don't know about you. I, th- I think, you know, I'm, I'm generous enough. I'm quite generous. But sometimes I can't be bothered. And it's at that moment I look at the cross. I look at the cross and think Jesus could be bothered to give of himself even when it costs. Even when it costs. Because giving is sacrificial. And so let's think about that. Let's think about our time. How are we being sacrificial in the time that we give, but also the energy that we give? You know that phrase, they went out of their way. I love that phrase. She went out of her way to do that for me. It speaks of something, doesn't it? It speaks of, of a character in that person, that they chose to do something for them rather than preferring themselves. Practically at church, how can you serve? There's so many areas, isn't there, that we can serve in church. And I just want to name a few of them, but it's not an exhaustive list. You could serve in our kids' work. You know, I, I just saw somebody go out today, Sam, been in the church for a few months, and he's already serving our kids. I just love that. I just saw him with a T-shirt on today. I'm like, brilliant. Isn't that great? That people are stepping up. In our worship band, on the PA desk, you know, visiting people who are isolated, being part of a small group, a missional community or a small group, serving on Alpha, serving in the cafe church, helping it Tuesday at 2 or midweek music. There's so many areas in this church that you could connect with. And if you can think of one where you could serve, then I know the wardens would be delighted for you to talk to them about that. Or speak to one of the people that lead one of those ministries. But they would love to hear from you. So as we think about how we can grow as people, but also as the church, the challenge for us is what we will prioritise. 
And I constantly have to ask myself this question of what am I prioritizing in my life? As a follower of Jesus, what am I prioritizing? And one of the helpful things I've, I've heard around that is margin. I don't know if you've heard about this, that when farmers used to plow the fields, they were instructed to leave a percentage of the field untouched. They weren't allowed to plow a section of the field. And that section of the field was designated for the poor. So the poor could come in and they could take of that food for themselves. I love that. I mean, I, I just think what an amazing concept, sociologically, but also culturally and in our society. If we truly were people who had margin in our lives that were truly for others, we would be a society that is blessed. But how do we model society? By being church, by being the body of Christ. And so to think about that, think about your own life. Think about what margin have you got in your life that others might be blessed? Whether that's with your time, your energy, and your money. But what do you set apart for others? Because sometimes we can find ourselves going, I'm just too busy to do anything. I'm just too busy. And for me, if I hear myself saying that to myself, I need to ask myself, is there margin? Am I creating space for others? And that's, that's a really important question to ask of ourselves. This lifestyle, if we truly will run after it, creates overflow. You know, if you think about the people in your life that are generous, go back to that person, are other people affected by them? Are other people's lives affected by them? I can think of people who are generous in my life, and I know that it may only be one or two people, or it could be hundreds of people that are affected by their actions. But when we truly embrace the heart of Jesus for generosity, we become an overflow to other people in the church, but also through the church to those outside the church. It's interesting, in verse 12 to 13, it says, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, the body of Christ, but it's, it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. What is that saying? This church was amazingly generous. Amazingly generous towards each other and also out in mission. And what was the result of that is people gave thanks. People gave thanks. And this is the heart of the gospel, that people's lives might be transformed by the love of God. And how are people by transformed by the love of God? By us expressing that to the world, whether that's in the church or out through the church in mission and service. In verse 11, it says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That somebody might get saved through your generosity, through your words, through your service. And they will give thanks for your good, goodness and your generosity towards them. So just coming to the end of this, let's just think. So Paul knew that the generosity of the church meant that people would be blessed. Do you want to be a blessing today to somebody else? I do. I just want to be a man that blesses other people. 
And I think truly that's the heart of the church, isn't it? It's the heart of who we are. We want to be a blessing to one another. And the church fixed their eyes on what it meant to live in the light of the gospel of Jesus, to make that gospel known through generous living, because they knew that that giving would bring transformation in the kingdom of God. And then the end of this passage, Paul doesn't go, so give more. It's interesting. He doesn't round off this passage, which is just saying, stop being mean and just give more. He doesn't do that. He rounds off this passage by what? By saying, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And that's really interesting. Because sometimes when people want you to do more, they make you feel guilty, don't they? And then say, so just do it. And then Paul doesn't do that. He goes, this is who we are. This is the church of Christ. And so thanks be to God for this indescribable gift, which is Jesus. Indescribable gift, the full grace of God that we encounter through the cross. What a great place to end. What a great place to end of that reminder that all of this starts at the cross. So let's just take a moment. Let's just pray. Mark, if you want to come up. And let's just reflect on the goodness of God. Let's just reflect on all that Jesus has done for us individually. Holy Spirit, I pray you would uh, illuminate our minds to, to see the glory of the cross. What Jesus has done for us is un, this undeserving love that we have encountered. Through, this, through the cross that we have encountered eternal life. Because Jesus gave of himself. Calm Holy Spirit. Lord, let us be a church that is generous. Let us be a church that is known for its generosity. Let us be known as people who follow Jesus and extend his love through generosity in all that we are. Lord, pour out your spirit on us to be supernatural in our giving. Lord, to be sacrificial where it needs to be given. Lord, I pray for your grace to be on each one of us. Lord, to to know your love, to know your freedom at this time, and to know how to truly bless one another. Amen.